Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This episode is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero, the finest pizzeria in all of Guelph, Ontario. They've got delicious gourmet pizzas or choose from an array of fresh ingredients and make whatever you like. Calzones, wings, panzerottis, salads, breadsticks, garlic bread. Pizza Trocadero has it all. You can find them at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph or visit them online at trocaderoguelph.ca. That's T-R-O-K-A-D-E-R-O-G-U-E-L-P-H dot C-A. Call them at 519-829-2444 for pickup or delivery. That's Pizza Trocadero, a place of the good trade. Creative Control with Vish On the 150th episode of this program, Avec le Soleil Sortant de sa Bouche, are on, in fact, specifically, Jean-Sebastien Truchy and Sebastian Fournier of this uh, four-piece band from Montreal are on the show, and uh, we'll get into them. And also, uh, you'll hear some uh, new music from their new record, Zuberdust, which is out now on Constellation Records. Um, I just wanted to take a second to thank you all for listening. You know, 150... Is that monumental? I don't know. 100 seems big. 200 seems big. 150... Eh, just doing the same thing. But I just, I, I want to thank you because, as I've mentioned uh, on a previous episode, um, the show will likely be somewhat disrupted. I can only assume, as uh, my wife and I are expecting our second child, um, any minute now, really. Uh, due date is uh, December uh, 5th. So, anytime, anytime now. So, I'm just letting you know that I'm here and I plan to continue, but I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen exactly. But thank you for listening. And I hope you've learned things and have been enjoying the show on some level. Whatever level it is, I hope you've been enjoying it. And that's all I want to say. Thanks to the sponsors. Thanks to the listeners. I've eaten a lot of pizza. I've read a lot of books. Been to some shows. I don't know. Otherwise, things are good. Getting a lot of getting free records still. It's good. I'm happy. Thank you. Anyway, here it is. Myself and uh, uh, Jean-Sebastien and Sebastian of Avec. Le soleil sortant de sa bouche.
Coming up at the Starlight in Waterloo, Ontario, Emmanuel Jahl and Tanika Charles appear together on December 4th. And Tokyo Police Club said the whale and the pack AD perform on December 9th and 10th. Unfortunately, the December 5th show featuring Jizza of Wu-Tang Clan has been cancelled, and refunds are available at point of purchase. The Starlight is located at 47 King Street in Waterloo. For complete listings and information, visit starlightsocialclub.ca. Avec le soleil sortant de sa bouche is a really cool, mostly instrumental, Afro-kraut band from Montreal who formed in 2011. The brainchild of Fly Pan Am's J.S. Trouchy, the quartet also includes Sebastian Fournier on guitar, drummer Samuel Boboni, and guitarist Eric Gingras. And this past September, the band issued Zubradust, their wonderful debut album featuring hypnotic interlocked musical pieces that reimagine funk and psychedelia from an energetic, emotional punk perspective. Zuberdust is out now via Constellation Records, and here now to discuss it further are J.S. and Sebastian. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Good. Yourself? Very well. Where in the world are you? Uh, we're in Montreal. Nice. How are things in Montreal today? Cold. It's snowing. <laughs> yeah, I just biked back from work, and I had snow pellets hitting me in the face for the first time this year, and I didn't like it. <laughs> well, you know, we're used to that, even in yeah. summer. So. Yeah, what? You don't have snow in the summer, do you? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, I, I guess I forgot. I, I forgot I was talking to someone from Toronto. Well, from, I'm, I'm from Guelph actually, but I've been oh, to Montreal. Right, right. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm Canadian. I know you. You can't pull the wool over my eyes. I know what's going on. Yeah, no, that's it. It's just sometimes when I speak with people from the states or you know Europe, and they, you know they just imagine that it's always cold here. So. And do you, you do your best to perpetuate myths about Canada? Yeah, why totally. not? <laughs> is mythology important in Montreal? Is that an important thing to kind of skew everyone's perspective on what's actually happening? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> although <laughs> although I, I, I kind of do it a lot, I guess, but it's, it's not really important. You're, you're, you're something of a trickster? A little bit, I guess. Where does that stem from? Why are you... Are you a liar? Are you lying? Do you lie to people? No, I don't lie. I think I just like to be very uh, childlike and right. just say, you know, whatever is going by my <coughs> through my mind. <coughs> Actually, we never gave anyone a real names. 
You've never given anyone your real names. No. Why not? Well, we forgot them. <laughs> you forgot? Your... Wait, so the names I just mentioned aren't your real names? Nope. For real? <laughs> For real. <laughs> Come on. You don't have real... That's... Why did you... How come you do that? That's weird. I guess it's the French thing. <laughs> Whoa, somebody's iPhone's going on, going off there. You got that? Um, yeah, it was my phone. Someone's texting me. Are they texting the real you or the fake you? <laughs> I guess the fake me. All right, guys, I gotta. I, we have to. We have to start this. Uh, I can't think of any other way to start this. Tell me your real names. Um, I'm JS. <laughs> and I'm Sebastian. Those are your real names, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, you're tricking me again. I don't understand what's going on here. I Now, I it's fine. I don't understand a lot of things. Namely, I don't quite understand how to pronounce Zuberdust. Uh, it's, it sounds like a familiar word, but I don't know where it comes from. Do you? Well, um, Nasir, um, who was playing drums with us, uh, and who is actually the drummer on the, the record, um, Nasir Hassan, he, uh, we were, when we were looking for the title of the record, he came up with, um, with the word, which means, uh, fantastic. Hmm. And, um, we, we really liked it. And I liked the sound. It, it reminds me somehow of, uh, Zuc- Zuckerdust. Uh, sorry, sorry no. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, now I'm confusing. The I'm cluster confused. album. The no. cluster album. Oh, okay. Zuckerdust. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so it reminded me of that, and uh, I just like, well, I, I guess we all liked how it sounded, and and really liked the fact that it just made, it, 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 it meant fantastic. And the, the word is, is, the origin is Urdu? Yeah. Interesting. Is Apparently. It... We don't know if it's real. Oh, because everyone lies in your band. Right. <laughs> no, no, but, but um, no, it, it is real. It's, uh, sorry, yeah, I... Um, Meaning is when I meant when I said that Nasir came up with the word the word I meant to say that he's Pakistanese and speaks Urdu and then told us the word uh, Zuberdas that he always liked and so that's it. It's a yeah. nice it's a nice word. You're right. It, it's it's a, if I might say it's a fantastic word. It sounds it, is, <laughs> it sounds childlike. It sounds like something you know that you'd find in a Doctor Zeus book or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's cool. No, I like it. Now the form of the album is interesting. Uh, there are basically, and I'm trying to figure out how how to frame this for people who are unfamiliar with it. There are essentially two interlocking pieces that are separated, or at least they end with these kind of field recordings, collage type things. Is that accurate? Pretty much. Um, yeah, I guess so. I I mean, I, I when I when I made them, I, I thought of them as as four different pieces, but I guess you could. You could see them related to the longer pieces, but I, I I tend to see them as separated. Sorry, you see which one? Which ones do the, you see related the, the to the sound collage? I see them as as songs on their own. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I do too. I do too. Okay. I, I I see them as separate. But you've got so just so I'm trying to figure out how to explain this. We have the the the, the record opens with these first four pieces. Um, they are four parts of a piece called. Oh. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I, I think I know what you mean now. Yeah, so you've got... What's the first piece called? Uh, there, Face à l'instant. It's Face à l'instant, but the, really the separation is more for... Uh, like radio plays and yeah. stuff like that. Okay. The, the actual piece is like the four first parts. 
If you look in the back of the, well, if I remember right, if you look in the back of the vinyl, it doesn't say part one, part two. Part no, doesn't it does say it? Fast and Estan one, two, three, I don't four? think so, does it? I can't remember. I don't have the, the vinyls in the other room. If you want, I can go get it. Um, uh, no, but anyway, I'll, I'll just, to answer, <laughs> just to answer the question, it's just, uh, the, so the, the first track is basically those four first separation until the sound collage. Right, which is called Déjà Here. Déjà hier, yeah. Yeah, and then you've got Super Pastiche Fantastique, and then it, there's the subtext is New Sun, one, yeah. two, three, four. So, and then you've got finally a part here, the Dorénava. Dorénava, yeah. Dorénava. Sorry, I won the French award in grade eight. It never really took. <laughs> I'm still struggling with French. I need to get it. You guys, you guys got French. We yeah we we got some French <laughs> yeah so I, I need to work on my French anyway can you explain or further explain rather the the form of this record and 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 why you've divvied it up the way you have well I mean it's the the explanation is going to be uh underwhelming but uh, uh if that's the right word to use there it's just separated that way just for uh, I think digital download. And radio play. Oh, okay. But really, if it originally it was supposed to only be four tracks, so those two longer, you know, uh, actual songs, and then the two collage. Right. Okay. So you've it is a bit underwhelming. That is a terrible explanation. <laughs> and the reason why they're cut where they were cut is just because it was the most logical place to cut them. Oh, okay. So the actual segmentation is not part of any narrative it's, it's, nothing conceptual it's, oh okay yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, sorry about that <laughs> no no it's fine now can you talk about these four pieces a little bit because uh i enjoy this record very much i enjoy the kind of inherent euphoria uh, within it uh it was it's very refreshing the moment i heard it i was like this is great i love this can you talk a little bit about um how these songs came together how this band came together sure um yeah, um, I mean, I started. Um, the, I've I've done things uh, for a, several number of years with under that name. I was just trying to get somewhere with. Uh, I had this concept and uh, musical concept, I guess, and the name, and then talking about it with Sebastian this year, we just decided to give it a go. That was a, I, I guess, at least three, four years ago. Yeah, about four years ago. I remember, like, I, I was working uh, in this venue in Montreal doing sound, and I was talking to someone, and and uh, JS was kind of spying on what I was saying to that person. I can't remember who I was talking to, but I was talking about a similar project as what JS is wanting to do. So after that, he was like, "Hey, Seb, do you want to get together and try this?" The idea was to do uh, to try to come up with a band that that would have um, a cyclic and very repetitive uh, um, and um, uh, how do you, uh, catchy, uh, catchy yeah. yeah, catchy riffs, you know, um, but at the same time, where we'd be able to push further, maybe. Um, experimenting with orchestration and and form of the the music itself, and abstraction. Yeah, an abstraction, and but always keeping <coughs> a groove underneath and uh, uh, the catchiness of groove, so that so that it would come up come out as something fairly fairly pop. 
Yeah, no, that makes sense. Do you do you recall where that notion or that idea for a, a band was drawn from? Um, well, coming out of Fly Panam, it was, uh, you know, ugh, I don't know how to, how to say it. I think one of the big thing was we, we were trying to come come to come up with a band that we could tour with, easily tour with. And um, rather than work uh, in a bar and uh, play festivals, you know, yeah, which we're still doing. (laughs) Right. Um, You know, like maybe like have a a band that that would be uh, a little bit more appealing to people, but at the same time, keep keep things really interesting for us and for everyone. Um, I I don't know how to better express it, but there, there was a. There was a wish to be able to travel with this band and 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 hopefully make a little bit of money, so that we'd be able to come back to Montreal and then work on our solo projects, hmm. you know, projects that will never bring us any money. That might be a little bit more uh, weird. Yeah. So I don't want to say that this all came about a financial uh, <laughs> uh, need, <laughs> but uh, you know. We we wanted to try our hand on something a bit more pop. You wanted to make something accessible but still yeah. challenging. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. But not too challenging. Yeah, not necessarily so. challenging, but interesting. Right. Okay. Something that would still like like get people dancing at the show and you know, not not necessarily something that like you you really get into the music and all of a sudden you're just like, What the hell? Like like what's going on? I can't keep up with what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now is is the is the band and its a, approach a reflection of something larger happening in Montreal's music community? Does it does it need this jolt of euphoria, uninhibited release, fun, interesting, challenging? Like, does it need all of that right now? Uh, you mean our record? No, no. Does Montreal like? I'm trying to figure out where this came from. You guys are in a circle, a musical oh. community that's I think fairly tightly knit. Um, I think some people view it as. Um, particularly serious, potentially. Uh, some people might think it's self-serious, even though I, from what I can tell, there's always a strain of fun and excitement going through everything. But I'm just curious if you see your band and this record as a reflection of some something happening within Montreal, some extroverted, you know, some attempt to be a little more extroverted and a little bit more fun. Um. Yes and no. I think uh, I think you can find that element of fun. Uh, depend. Well, I mean, uh, because of my solo work, and I think because of Sebastian's work, like we tend to uh, uh, meet and hang out with a lot of different people in different scenes. I, I don't like to use that word, but uh, so I mean, there, there, you can find like this level of excitement and fun in other, you know, genre music in Montreal, definitely. <laughs> But um, I've always liked fun music. Um, I find that, you know, going back to Fly Panam days, one thing that was, I mean, I liked it at the time, but it's, it was pretty austere, you know. Yeah. And, um, and then we actually tried to make it a bit more fun, but it sounds really <laughs> cold. Um, so I... Um, I don't know. I really wanted to do a record like that. And I think everyone else in the band as well. Like we, we really enjoy uh, warmer and dancing, dancing music, you know, 
lately, well, in the last, since 2000, I've, well, I've always been a huge fan of the boredoms, but as an example, you know, like, I don't necessarily think what we did only comes out of Montreal, but, like, personally, I was working with this psychedelic rock band, and I was kind of getting, not sick, but kind of fed up of, like, an easy formula, and, like, I was a huge fan of the boredoms, and having something more, like, like uh, primitive, like, you know, like, it's not necessarily because... Montreal needed something like that. I think we needed to do something like that. Yeah, but, I mean, obviously, I don't expect you to to speak on behalf of an entire city or an entire musical community, but I imagine that given all of your past experience and the sense that you've both expressed, like, it'd be great to do a band like this. This is coming from somewhere. This is coming from some void that needed to be filled, either within yourselves or perhaps within that community of, of musicians. Um, yeah, um, I have to answer the door. I'm really sorry. I have some people doing construction on on the the house, but um, I don't know if I believe you. I, so, so, no, no, I'm actually honest. <laughs> uh, I'm being. Uh, I'm, uh, He's lying. Yeah, yeah, no. No, go ahead. Go so ahead. Do your thing. Answer this fast, but I think um, the, you know, I think we really wanted to do something fun because I I I thought it was missing here. You know, and and I don't know if that's where that's what you wanted to know at at first, but I personally don't know uh, people or other bands that are in in our surrounding that I guess are as uh, uh, dancey or fun or maybe it's our generation though because I'm I do a lot of live sound and and I have to say like the younger kids for lack of a better term, <laughs> um, they would say are more dancey than most of um, people from my generation. Like mm-hmm. from what I saw as a Montreal underground community, like, um, I don't know, like one of my friends actually called call it the, the jelly bean scene. <laughs> the jelly bean scene? Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of funny. So yeah, I don't think it's a lack of... Uh, people playing fun music in Montreal, it maybe was coming from the fact that uh, our, like, immediate scene for us, uh, our generation, maybe, like, it was getting too intellectual or too, uh, yeah, maybe, like, too, yeah, not not fun enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you do you have kinship with a young, younger band like Ott? Uh, we actually played a show with them. Um like uh, last November, I, th- I think it was last November. Right. Uh, actually, it was a Constellations showcase. But uh, yeah, I, I did sound for a bunch of times personally. There seems to be, they seem to have captured this spirit of, uh, I don't know, it's kind of high minded, it's a little irreverent, and it has this sort of dancey energy that mm-hmm. I think you might be speaking to. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're a very good example. Yeah. It's interesting because yeah. I think that they're not doing something silly at all, but they are, aren't afraid to have a little fun with their lyrics and and their arrangements are really cool and challenging too. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, and I think maybe that might be where you're coming from on some mm-hmm. level too. I mean, even you, you, we, I described you, I think, and I think you've been described as mostly instrumental and the vocals are in some cases kind of like chants or... Or uh, I don't know how else to describe it. it it's well, how would you approach? How would you describe your approach to vocalizing in this band? Um, that would be for jazz. 
And I'm back, so I can answer and actually ask, heard the question. Um, so, yeah, the, um, the way I approach vocals is just that um, I, I, I'm not using any words just because I, I don't find myself uh, good enough as a lyricist. And so I, 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 um, I try to, um, to sing in a way where I can have whatever I'm trying to express come out the way I sing. So like, uh, emotion wise or whatever, but so the thoughts, I'm trying to sing my thoughts without words. I, do you think words will, could enter the picture at some point? Um, they could, but even in my solo uh, stuff, I don't use words and I, I kind of like that. I, uh, I find words can be tricky and, um, uh, Sometimes they paint they paint the picture a little bit too well. Oh, and, I see, I see. You like the room for interpretation that vocalizing leaves, some kind of vocalizing. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the way our music and those vocals will <clears throat> tend to uh, mean something to one person and could mean something else to someone else. Right. You or know, maybe I, just not mean anything. Right, right. Are you a big, uh, are you a big fan of uh, jazz scatting? No. <laughs> no. Not a big Mal Torme fan? No. You know, he does those skiddly biddly biddly boot. You, yeah. you, you wouldn't do that. No. <laughs> no, I'm just no, curious. That's it's too much. <laughs> and it's the same thing with uh, opera, like uh, avant-garde opera. There's, I, I really like, I like Joan La Barbara, but uh, even her, at times, I'll think it's too much. Right. Okay. That's fair. Um, I'm just curious, because vo- I feel like the vocals are like a texture in your band. Yeah, that's kind of how I approach it. And even for lead vocals, like uh, I'll, I'll, I guess I use it. I use my voice more as I would an, an instrument, you know. Right. Yeah. If you if you listen, like in the mix, they're really like not louder than all the other instruments. Yeah, yeah. They sound they sound like an instrument. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Now you've been really open about the influence of kraut rock and funk, and I think I've heard Afrobeat mentioned. Uh, in the context of your band, what is it about those forms that that actually appeals to you? Well, to be honest, we didn't write that. <clears throat> um, I think that's probably Constellation that wrote Crowd Rock and um, and the funk. And uh, I mean, not not saying that we don't <coughs> listen to it, but we're definitely more influenced by. Um, rhythms of Afrobeat and song structures in Afrobeat, or even some long-form Latino music, mm-hmm. uh, than crowd rock, you know, um, or even funk. But um, that said, we do pay attention to it. Like I'm a, I, I really like like eras, some eras of like, uh, you know, some of the James Brown or Curtis Mayfield stuff. Um, and that that was really for the rhythm aspect of the band. Right. Then then after that, I think a lot of uh influence came from sixties um, pop music, you know, for the orchestration and some from avant garde music, electroacoustic music. So I guess naturally it just turns into what it is because of stuff that we listen to. <laughs> yeah. Are, are you are you offended by those associations? No, 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 not no. at all. I didn't think about them. It's more that. Um, it's just I'm, I'm not offended by it. And if people can hear Kraut Rock, 
uh, great, but uh, uh, it was surprising to me. Right, you've just actually. I'm going to admit something. <laughs> In one of the new songs that uh, where we worked on, uh, we called it the, the work title for one part of the song. Actually, we called it the noi part. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, oh, interesting. There, there is an influence of crowd rock. I was just surprised that that's what prodamentally. Uh, no, I was surprised that that would be the first qualification that someone would give us, like um, adjective. Yeah, but you know? I mean, how can you? You can't be objective about what people are hearing. No, of course not. That's why I mean, I'm I'm okay with it, but I I didn't hear it that way. Well, so how would you have described it if you had written that bio? <laughs> I'm a. I I think that's why I don't write bios. I would probably just say uh, that we're a pop band, <laughs> right? Which that doesn't quite cover it, does it? No, I guess if you need to sell a record, no. <laughs> okay, well, if you were to talk to someone on the street about your band, you wouldn't. At this point, would you still describe it as a pop band? Um, I do, but uh, I mean, I'm I'm using pop as a you know wide. Uh, umbrella here covering you know a lot of genres but like you know it's very repetitive and catchy and yeah and i usually throw in the word pop okay. but i never think about saying crowd rock or funk um there is elements of i, I find that the elements of afrobeat are more predominant than the other ones right right i, I mean, think like uh the on the, the the pop thing like like you know if you take a pop song uh, quite often the same melody is going to repeat but the arrangement are going to change a lot mm-hmm. so I think like like the way we approach those songs are although like, they're, they're like 20 minutes long it's like a lot of uh, the basic melody stays the same but it, the arrangement are always changing so it's it's a bit composed like pop music but in a really stretched way yeah like there's a there are within the the first within the two long pieces which are, again each are divided into four but there are consistent and catchy grooves to that offer the foundation of the piece pieces yeah. rather so mm-hmm. i think that's probably where that pop idea comes from like there there it in a sense it has a pretty conventional pop structure but there's just a whole bunch of stuff happening on top of it yeah yeah Right. That's kind of how I see it. <laughs> okay. No, that's fair. I want to ask a little bit about your, your musical history, both of you, kind of how you got into music, how you first heard music, and, and maybe how that uh, helped you evolve into your various projects like Fly Pan Am. Can each of you take a turn at uh, talking about how you first got interested in music? Um, yeah. Lately, I've, I've been asked that question a lot, and... and uh, I guess that uh, I, the first thing that pops to my mind now is my father giving me this uh, when I was really young, like maybe four or five. He he brought home these two LPs. They were greatest hits, like one from uh, Little Richard and one from Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh, cool! And um, it melted my mind, and uh, I I remember like just being insanely excited by why what I was hearing. And uh, it's a feeling that feeling that I've kept and that I still have at times. Like especially to listening to that kind of era of rock and roll, like just the energy and how kind of punk it was. Actually, absolutely. I mean, that's the real origin of punk. Yeah, that that's what I think um, as well. And uh, and then I guess you know slowly I got in. I started playing uh, in band when I was uh, in high school, like metal, and then more punk music and. Until I went into Fly Pan Am. Where did you grow up? 
Uh, in the West Island of Montreal. Oh, West Island, like Point Claire? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I, I, was, I grew up in Pierrefonds with Nasir. Oh, okay. And, uh, we went to school at Dorval, in Dorval, and yeah. Okay, and your upbringing was... We stayed together sounds, in high school. Sounds like your at least your dad was pretty supportive of you and your musical interests? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. He, my dad uh, hated that for years and years. Oh. He gave me those records, um, you know, I don't, I'm not too sure why, but... Uh, Oh no, he he he, you know, a couple of years ago told me he was proud of what I've accomplished, but it took you know before that he hated it. Hmm. What does he want you to be? I mean, it sounds just like a conventional parent. Did he have an actual idea of what you should be doing with yourself? Oh yeah, like a doctor or lawyer, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like Judge. like everyone else's parents, I guess. Most of you know, most of everyone else's parents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to be a dentist. I think my, you know, my dad came from a uh, 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 French, uh, how do you say, it? like a French torn war, pre, yeah. pre post war, and he was he grew up in poverty and came over here. Like he had to fight really hard for everything he got and uh, for the life he gave me. And so I think he was really worried that I'd end up with nothing. And so he always wanted me to have a secure future. Yeah, of course. So I completely understand, but. You know, so all that to say, like music really didn't fit into what he saw for me. So, who, who, or what nurtured your musical interest, JS? <coughs> um, I think friends, and uh, I don't know. Uh, like, I think in the last few years, my parents, like you know, came came around and and helped me a lot. Uh, but I have to say, my partner as well. Um, but, it be, but before that, it would be just friends, you know, like, uh, hanging out with, uh, Fly Pan Am and Alexandre Saint-Ange and all those people and, and just, uh, being excited, being excited about what we were doing and wanting to do more mm-hmm. and dreaming, you know, dreaming of impossible things. Right. And, and did Constellation, did, I mean, when you, you were at Constellation, with Constellation in early days, but yeah. Can you talk a little bit about their role in sustaining your your work? Um, well, I think um, I th- we were very lucky to join Constellation at that time, for sure. Uh, it was a time where bands were still selling records. Um, I mean, in amounts, in, in, in yeah. amounts where you could still, you know, have royalties, and the label was making money, and they could. Uh, advance money for studio time. You know, like we used to go, Fly Panam used to go into studio for like, you know, seven days, eight days to record and, you know, and then mix. I don't remember if it was eight days total or if we'd go back another week to mix. Things that you wouldn't be able to do now. Right. right. But uh, they were highly supportive for sure. And And do you think that they had, I've talked to them and I've kind of, researched this before they they had a fairly huge impact on what was happening in montreal once they got their footing right um yeah well especially in those times at that time like uh, the whole hotel to tango thing and constellation and uh you know i think in every town every few years there's people that do the same thing you know (laughs) but uh for some reason that whole constellation hotel to tango really generated uh, 
a lot of things like you know bands, music, or recording studios. You know, Casa del Popolo comes out of there. Uh, the Suoni Pearl Popolo, like so much came out of that. Yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, my understanding is it kind of shifted the cultural landscape from being kind of this oppressive pay-to-play environment to a place where artists were really respected and encouraged and supported yeah yeah i guess i i guess you could definitely say that i mean it's it's funny to think back uh think back and see see like that but i think it's true to uh some degree it, it did change a lot of things yeah um, um Sebastian, uh, we've neglected you on some level, but we're just going one at a time. Could you mind sort of addressing the same questions about your your history and what got you playing? And uh, and some level, I don't know your whole sort of. Uh, I, I know Fly Pan-, Pan Am, but I don't actually know your trajectory. Do you mind describing that? Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to do it a lot shorter. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Good idea. Good idea. Yeah. No, I, I got into music pretty late in my well, late. I mean, I was. You know, I didn't grow up in a family where people were really listening to music, so I kind of discovered music through like like friends and like like fifth or sixth grade, like like when I was like eleven, twelve, something like that. Yeah. Um, I remember what my friend's dad was a huge fan of Neil Young, and uh, it's funny because I forgot about that record, but he had the, the he had a VHS of a Neil Young trance live. Wow. And I remember watching that with my friend and just like like being like, what the hell is that? <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I kind of got into music through like my friend's dad record collection. And uh, but I really got into like playing guitar <clears throat> when I was uh, when I was 12. And one of my friends like it's going to sound cliche, but uh, I was 12 and one of my friend was listening to music on a cassette player and uh, the you know the the yellow Walkman that we used to have. The the, the one that was kind of waterproof. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Shockman. Yeah, <laughs> exactly that one. Uh, so, want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yes, and she was listening to Nirvana, and uh, I was just like, hey, can I listen to what you're listening to and I put that on in my ears and uh, I was just like wow that's pretty cool like you can actually play music that simple and make something really good yeah like something very uh, stripped and uh, and raw and simple so that got me into playing guitar and I, oh shit Jess <laughs> <laughs> actually has the, the Walkman we were talking about oh amazing wow that's uh, <laughs> does it work does it work it um, half well you know 
it still works, but not at the right speed. <laughs> oh, okay. That's awesome that you still have one of those. I have, I think I have my, I just had like a black Walkman. I played that, I played everything on that thing. It was great. <laughs> Sorry for cutting. <laughs> no, no, no. That's awesome that you have that. That's great. I like that uh, you're including. It was actually part of the story. <laughs> I, like, I like that you're including props on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah anyways um so yeah i got into nirvana and uh, you know about the, the in utero and and, and uh, the, the the record cover it, it it was thanking sonic youth right and i remember like going like oh sonic youth what's that i kind of like that name so i started um, ordering sonic youth from a do you remember those columbia subscriptions oh, yeah 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 totally subscribing like, <laughs> <laughs> So I got a bunch of Sonic Youth through through that and, uh, you know, just like smoking pot in my bedroom and like listening to Confusion is Sex and like getting into weirder music. And um, huh. that led me to meeting one guy who's uh, who, who was in my uh, my uh, my last band before Avec Le Soleil, uh, Panopticon Eyelids. Okay. This guy has been a huge influence. He's been working in one of the, uh, I would say, historical uh, <coughs> record stores in Montreal at Le Blic. Uh Michel Meunier, like he really uh, influenced me with uh, a lot of music. Le, Blic, uh, Le Blic is amazing. I love Le Blic. It's very small, but I love it. Yeah, 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 and they've been around forever. Yeah, it's great. I, I that's cool. I didn't know that he uh, had such a huge influence on you as a musician as well. Well, I think indirectly, like or indirectly, like Michelle is one of the biggest influence on uh, Montreal music. Like people doesn't really realize, but I think even uh, you know for Fly Pan Am, like maybe not me so much, but uh, Roger, Felix, and Jonathan, they used to spend uh, their Friday nights at Le Blic before Fly Pan Am. Uh, uh, started or up until the time we started, they used to hang out at Le Blic with Michel and uh, Luc drinking beers on Friday nights and just listening to music. Like they uh, they formed a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. That's it's, yeah. It's nice to hear that actually, and I, hopefully their influence is still going because, I mean, record stores used to be so hugely important to me. Oh yeah. The, mm-hmm. the, I, the social aspect, the kind of going and physically getting something, you know. Uh, oh, we, I don't want us to sound like we're old men, but I think no, that but, the next generation may be missing out on that. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. and and uh, the the need of a knowledgeable uh, record store uh, clerk. Yeah, you know, like how you used to go. Like Cheap Thrills was the same. You know, you'd go there and you like you had to look for stuff, and they would get the record in. They were like your internet. Mm-hmm. You know, Absol- the- absolutely, yeah. yeah. Totally. They were the Google. Well, <laughs> you didn't even have to search. Actually, they would like just. You know, it's as if you were going on the internet, and the internet would tell you like, "Oh, no, no, maybe that's what you I should mean. check this out." <laughs> that's what I mean. They were like, they were the the the, the like great book of knowledge. It was fun, but uh, yeah, I I love record stores. Yeah. I still love them. The first Fly Pan Am show was at Loblique. Oh, really? Like, am I right? It's still, as I recall, it was quite a small space. Yes, it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's still but it was our first show. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's it's. So a, there was no one. I mean, you know, there wasn't that many people there. So, but and we actually played with one of Michelle's band. Oh, there you go, Sailor uh, White. Sailor White. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't living in Montreal back then. So we've got so, and I'm not trying to. This is ridiculous on some level, but I'm just trying to go back to origins to where we are now. We've heard about Little Richard. We've heard about Jerry Lee Lewis. We've heard about Sonic Youth and Nirvana on some level that might all sort of somehow inform what you're doing now 
No, definitely. I mean, you know, and, and then there's like everything I, I, I mean, just like Seb, I'm sure he got into more music after, but since Fly Pan Am, like me, for me, meeting the people on Fly Pan Am was a huge uh, thing in my life. Like it brought me to a whole different horizon of music. And then since then, I've been discovering so much more music and even French music that I refused to listen to before because of my dad. But, um, but now it's, you know, now I can listen to it with him, and it's really fun. But it's funny, it's funny because um, JS meeting people from Flight Panam was a very important thing in his life. Personally, meeting people from Flight Panam is was or is still also a very important thing in my life because we both have shared like bands with uh, yeah. uh, like I have Panoptic and Eyelids uh, had Felix on drums and Flight Panam had Felix on drum. Mm-hmm. Uh, Panam had JS on on bass. Now avec le soleil as jazz on bass it's like we, we kind of i guess like we were just attracted by the same kind of music same kind of people like yeah it might be fate yeah maybe yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but what, what i wanted to say is that you know it's it's all in there you know it's all in what we're trying to do now like when when there's you know there's parts where we're actually grinding on the record you know it's a pop song and there's a grind moment yeah well, and it starts with a grind actually <laughs> yeah it starts with a grind <laughs> mm-hmm. but like to me it's like in a pop format and i and i want it's not because i want it to be violent i want it to like sound like pop like uh, it's hard to explain but like uh, it's like if i'm making it genreless or like taking an element of something you're used to listening to in punk music, but then now, now you're bringing it back, like, uh, not incorporating. How, how do you say that? Like when you make it your own, uh, reappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. It's like reappropriating or appropriating. Yeah. 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 Uh, other genre music to, to just make like this, um, uh, this, this, I don't want to say new music because I, I I don't think we have any pretensions Maybe, of creating yeah. new music like but authentic than than no, no, original. No. Or like I don't know. Try to do something that where we don't feel like we're repeating ourselves. But at the same time staying true to where it's coming from. And I think all the fact that we all discovered these different kind of music and that we had like really exciting relationship with those, now playing them in this new format um, there you said it again. <laughs> no, uh, I, I think I know what you're saying. You're trying to make something that, at least for you guys, is unprecedented, and and you're trying to keep yourselves creative by doing something that you know is obviously informed by a bunch of stuff you've heard, but also doesn't specifically call back to any of it. Y- yes, but I <laughs> no, yeah, no, no. You're exactly right. That's like I would not have been able to say it better. But I also wanted, to, like, what I wanted to say is like, and 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 trying to stay with like the same ex- level of excitement that we had when we first heard them. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, that comes through. I think there's a jubilation on this that I found a bit surprising. Like, I, I there's a joy, um, yeah. and I think that's an important thing. Uh, I mean, it's sort of leveled by these field recordings. Like, it's not leveled, but there's this sense of something happening with four guys in a room, and then they're bro- it's broken up by almost like a community sound. Um, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like almost a social aspect. And they're made to like uh, to be like, of course, a break in the music, but also, you know, the titles refer to time. 
and the recordings that are used to make the collage are are, are from re- rehearsals of past songs or future songs, depending where they are on the record, mm-hmm. or or even of the song that's coming up next. And there, are, there, it's us talking, you know, and and uh, yeah, like the 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 collage are there. They they reflect the past and future. Are they are they parties? No, 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 no. Okay. It's just us having a few beers, talking, I guess, conceptualizing or practicing or um, traveling. Oh, it just sounds like a, a large group of people it's, hanging out. I, at the end, it's like made to, uh, I don't want to give it away, but uh, like the, the, there's a concept behind it that, you know, I, I can't give it away now. Okay. But, um, but the, 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 it's actually, the, the crowd you're hearing is actually a, uh, a sample from Garage Band. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's <soup. laughs> uh, It's just people in a bar talking and uh, with with other like from music from us actually. Hmm. Okay. But, I but, it just took me. Maybe I am a dupe. Maybe I'm just I uh, got duped. I just pictured. I could sort of picture a nighttime in Montreal, but it really is just some machines making. Yeah, but that was the idea. Yeah. But in the end, we weren't able to do it. So maybe I should have kept it as a big secret. And so people. <laughs> but we're always lying. So you are always lying. You could be lying now. Maybe it is actually a Montreal yeah, party. We I actually don't... have to go move my car, so I'll be right back. Oh, oh well, we're wrapping up. Actually, do can you hang on a sec? Uh, sure. Yeah. I was just going to ask you what's next for the band, in terms of touring well, or whatever. Um. Well, we're we're hoping to tour in Europe. Um. And uh, and then after that in the states, if if we can do that, that'd be great. So that we're in the work. Okay. Uh, do that. And are you and, are you already working on uh, new recordings? Yeah, so that's what I was gonna say. We're I think we're like two third done. Yeah, you know, much. for the next pretty record. Much. And we're trying to. Well, uh, uh, not including the recording, the studio recording, yeah. but like composing. It's uh. Yeah, we're two two third. <clears throat> of the way done and we're trying to finalize the last song we're actually trying to start it we have a lot of ideas but and will it do you imagine it might be a similar thing where it's uh, two long pieces I mean not two but it will be a long piece where I think so they're, far, they're a little shorter yeah okay probably like around 12 minutes 12 to 15 minutes oh okay so it'll probably be like a like three or four songs record yeah like not not counting collage but like actual you know like songs okay are you coming to ontario anytime soon for shows or maybe i mean not that we don't want to it's just we we don't have any plans right now but uh hopefully okay i was just curious we talked earlier about accessibility and i think of your band name as being potentially an obstacle (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but <coughs> we encourage people to use it to say it in any language. You can always say ALS. <laughs> what is the what is the literal translation of your of your band's name? It would be uh with the sun coming out of his or her mouth. His or, or her. Person. I was confused about the gender pronoun, but it's Well, that's there's the no gender in that sentence. Right, it's sa. I, what is that? I've never heard of that. Sa is just possessive, like third yeah, person. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was asking, my wife is very fluent in French, and I said, it's with the sun coming out of whose mouth? I don't know what that sa is. I'd never seen that before. It's not who or uh, what. Actually, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty much anything that belongs to anything. Sa is the, the... But in this context, it would be someone's mouth. 
<laughs> in French, it's just that you could apply it to a woman or a man, which or is what animal. I liked. Or, yeah, or an animal. So like it, anyone... it could be with the sun coming out of its mouth? Yeah, yeah. I guess. No, but... But it's a, it, it, uh, it doesn't include humans. Yeah. All right, it's very good. You see, guys? I'm telling you, this is going to be problematic, but it's good. The idea, the idea was that the sun is coming out of the mouth of someone you love. Oh, okay. I mean, that's a lovely image, and it's a cool title. I think that... Uh, and um, <laughs> and we, we, the idea was that people can say the name in their own language, deciding on the gender if they have to. Nice. All right. I appreciate the explanation. I know you've got to move your car. I want to tell people, <laughs> again, the new album by Avec Le Soleil, Sortant de Sabouche, is called Zubradust. It's out now via Constellation Records, and you can learn more about it at cstrecords.com. Now, at this point, I was hoping we could play one of these four songs for people um, from the record. Do you have something in mind that we can play? How long do you have on your podcast left? As long as you want, man. Well, I'd go for um, Super Pastiche. Okay, the whole the whole kit and caboodle, the whole thing? Well, personally, I, I would go for the whole thing. Let's but... do it. I don't care. I want to do it. I want to play the whole. Okay. I want to play the whole thing. There you go. Super Pastiche, Fantastic New Sun. Is there anything in particular you want to tell us about this before we hear it? Oh, it's a fun song. <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't necessarily go. <coughs> sorry, I wouldn't necessarily go into details, but uh, no, just enjoy. Okay, is this like one? How many? What take of this is it? Do you remember how many takes you you you? you They're you all did? one takes. They're all one takes. First, are they all the first take? Yep. Wow. Yeah. But yeah. we did do some overdubs though. Yeah. Like we 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 actually recorded. Uh, Okay, they're one. I, we're, we kind of cheated, but each parts of the songs are one take. Like no drum and bass and first guitars are. Oh, one that's take. right. It's just the overdubs. Yeah. That yeah, yeah. yeah. So right. like the, the actual like the four of us did one take for both songs, and then there was added stuff. But okay, well let's not ruin it too much. I don't want to tell everyone everything that's going on. Yeah, no, no, that's it. <laughs> right. This is a super pastiche, fantastic new sun. From this great new album, Zubra Dust, I recommend everyone listening pick this up. It's great. And uh, JS, Sebastian, thank you so much for your time. And I wish, you, you. I, I wish you the best of luck with everything, and we'll talk soon. Thank All you. Right. Same to you. I hope you didn't get a parking ticket. Me I hope me too. <laughs> <laughs>
if you enjoy the Creative Control podcast and want to support it with a monthly pledge, please visit patreon.com slash creative control. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash creative control with two k's. You can pledge one dollar a month or four dollars, eight dollars, thirty dollars, fifty dollars, a hundred dollars a month, whatever you want. There are gifts and incentives to pledge. But more than anything, you can keep the show going. There's no other revenue stream for this podcast. I've been doing it for my own fulfillment and to contribute something to the culture. But I think it's time to see if I can generate some kind of salary from all of this work. So, if you appreciate Creative Control, again, please consider pledging a monthly amount. All of the info you need is at patreon.com slash creative control. Thank you. Hey, thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at cfru.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.